Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and here we go, Revelation chapter 20. We're getting there, 70 sermons later, we're getting there, right? Heaven on earth, the millennial kingdom, the millennial kingdom. We're getting to all the good news now. We're past the hard stuff, we're at the good stuff. Hang on. Uh, so many have tried to create a millennial kingdom. So many have tried to create heaven on earth. <clears throat> Religious groups all throughout history, even in the United States in the 1800s, there are all these utopias. They're going to create heaven on earth, the millennial, millennials, millenniums, and cults and different groups do that. Uh, politicians promise heaven on earth. Every four years they promise heaven on earth, and then as soon as they're elected, reality sets in. <clears throat> uh, Disney World. Disney World, uh, if you've ever been to Disney World, who hasn't? Uh, you see, they've really tried to create a heaven on earth. That's what they try to do, this, this perfect place. And people can even live there. There's even on their properties, there's places where you can live, you know, and, and, and experience this heaven on earth. Uh, but it, it's, it's fake. It's fake. We're seeing it exposed as fake now, Disney. I don't know I'm going to go there. But also, I remember being there one time, <clears throat> and, and my favorite ride was the pirate ride. I love the pirate ride. Pirates of the uh, Caribbean, um, before they changed a lot of things on it. It was real realistic at one time, uh, but and before Johnny Depp got involved. I'm not going to go in on all that. But anyway, I love the Pirates of the, uh, the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it. And... And I love that. I used to just get on and go over and over and over again. I just loved to go. You know, late at night, nobody no lines. I would just go through it. I just loved to ride that ride. Uh, but one time we were on it, and the the ride broke. It was a break. Broke broke down, and we were stranded. And we were sitting there. And we ended up sitting there for like an hour in the dark on this ride. And finally, they turned the lights on because we're all getting bored and. And all that. And the kids all had to go to the bathroom. That's a whole nother drama. And they wouldn't let us off the ride. <clears throat> and, but the lights are on and we could see what was really there. And it was such a downer. I've never been able to enjoy the ride again. That and Johnny Depp. But that and Johnny Depp. <laughs> and, and they've gotten rid of some of my favorite parts. But anyway, uh, it, it, it was just such a downer. You saw the, Everything that was really that was all fake. It wasn't real. It wasn't really pirates. It wasn't. Any, it was all mechanical this and mechanical that, and it just ruined the ride. The illusion was gone. But that is what Disney is. That's what the world is. That's what anybody tries to create. That kind of heaven on earth. We just got back from Hershey. In fact, here's a picture. I'll have Chicky put up a picture for me. Of you see the candy. That is very close to heaven on earth for me. <laughs> but but. I was uh, reading a lot about Hershey, and it was like there. She kept showing his show, showing his story, and it was he did so many good things for so many people, orphanages and workers, and gave away all of his money. Really great guy, but really, what he was trying to do is he was trying to create a heaven on earth. He was trying to create something really positive, which there was a lot of good in it. Don't get me wrong, but he at the end of his life was in deep depression, very deep depression, very sad, and he died a very sad, sad old man. In spite of all the good and all, all the great things he created there, he died a very sad old man because we can't create heaven on earth. I see it here in New Hope, where I live. A lot of people here don't believe, don't follow Jesus Christ, don't believe in God, and they're trying to, so many of them are trying to create a heaven on earth. They they put so much into their houses or their properties or or, or just creating something, a lot of artistic people here, trying to create something, but, but they are the 
so empty, and they're going to end up empty, empty without Jesus Christ. If they don't find him, if they don't turn to him, that's we we will never experience true heaven on earth. We won't have a heaven on earth until after Jesus comes back to this earth, until after the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's when we will finally have our prayers answered. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He will establish a a temporary kingdom on the planet earth that really will be heaven on earth. He's going to show us what earth should have been like right from the start before Adam and Eve fell, before they sinned. He's going to show us what it was like. Wait till you see this. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we have. We thank you that we're not buying the world's lies, that we can have a fake illusion, but we can have the real thing. Even while we're waiting for Jesus to come back again, we can still have joy. We can still have peace. We can still experience heaven and earth because of Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our hearts, and we can have that peace. And Lord, I pray if anybody who's watching this has lost their way, gotten off track, that they would get back on track and and refocus on Jesus Christ. And if anybody is listening to this, watching this, who has never put their faith in Jesus, they don't know what I'm talking about yet, I pray that by the end of this sermon, they will have put their faith in Jesus and would really know that they can experience the peace that passes understanding here on earth and the promise that someday we will be with Jesus Christ in heaven. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, put on your seatbelts. Here we go. Revelation 20. We'll, do, we'll start with the first six verses <clears throat> where it talks about the millennium. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, try, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads, his mark on their foreheads, or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So, uh, the eye, still haven't got the other eye done, but, uh, the, but reading's a little tricky, but I'm gonna do my best, so if I stagger through verses, you'll know why. Okay, so verses 1 to 6, <clears throat> the millennium. The millennium comes from a Latin word in mil, 1000, plus annum is year, which means years, and that's why you get 1000 years, it's a Latin term. Now, before I get started, there's three different views on the millennium. There's post-millennial, Amillennial and premillennial. And I'm going to make it really easy for you. Postmillennial, people believe in the postmillennial, and there aren't many of them anymore. Uh, it was very popular in the early 1900s. The millennium was 
is not literal, but it's figurative. It's not an actual thousand years, but it's figurative. We are in it now. The world is getting better every day. And Jesus will return at the end of those thousand years. That's getting better every day. This figurative thousand years. Jesus will come back as the earth gets better and better. Wink, wink. <laughs> Boy, 2020 was the best one yet, wasn't it? Uh, this was popular in the 1800s, early 1900s, but then came World War One, came World War Two. Uh, it pretty much lost popul. It pretty much disappeared. There was a few people hanging on until 2020. Now I think they're all gone. All right, that views gong okay gong gong and gone all right then there's a millennial i mean meaning no millennium and that the idea here is that it's that it's figurative it's all figurative it's symbolic the 1000 years are symbolic of the age for the age and where jesus is reigning not physically but spiritually in people's hearts, okay? And Satan was bound at the cross. According to this view, Satan was bound at the cross, just like we're seeing him bound here. In, in uh, Revelation 20, we saw him bound. Satan was bound at the cross. Must be a very long leash, huh? Because <laughs> sure doesn't look bound to me. Uh, he, he was defeated at the cross, but not bound yet. He's going to be bound in a whole new way. Also, they believe, the amillennial, amillennialists believe that the church is the new Israel. The church has replaced Israel. It's, we call it replacement theology. And I have lots of uh, millennial friends and, and I don't divide with, over this kind of stuff. But the one thing I do get upset about is that, that we've replaced Israel. Replacement theology. It's very, very dangerous theology. That's why so many times you say, why did the church go along with persecuting Jews? It's because they bought this lie. It's a lie. Not true. Very dangerous teaching. Uh, but it really, the whole amillennial position really started with the Roman Catholic Church. And then the reformers followed along. They grabbed a hold of it and followed along with it. And now today the mainline churches and even a lot, a lot of evangelicals, maybe half the evangelicals still hold to it. Although I disagree with this position very, very much. Uh, I, at least the evangelicals do believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is great. Uh, and they also believe in salvation by faith. So that's why I wouldn't divide it with them. Some of the other groups do believe in the second coming, but they don't believe in salvation by faith. And, and, but the evangelicals who, who hold to the amillennial position, I won't divide with them over this because, because they do believe in the second coming and salvation by faith. And that's the key. And, uh, that's, that's, that's the key. Premillennial. The premillennial position, the biblical right position, wink, wink, right? <laughs> am I being uh, uh, obvious enough? Uh, they believe that the, the 1,000 years is literal because 1,000 years is mentioned six times in this passage. There's no hint of symbolism anywhere here. For the first 300 years, the Holy Catholic Church believed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ and that he would come and set up his kingdom at any time. In fact, in Acts 1, 6 and 7, we see the apostles say this very thing. They say, So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, before Jesus goes back up again, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're, they're expecting it, right? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. So they were expecting the kingdom at any time. They expected Jesus to come back at any time. They expected him to come back in their lifetime. Uh, we all are expecting that, right? And so, because they believed in the, the imminent return of Jesus Christ. The Bible, also with premillennial, 
premillennial. The Bible says that things are going to get worse, not better. The idea of, of the postmillennial and even amillennial is going to get better and better. And now, listen, the Bible teaches very clearly it's going to get worse, not better. Over and over, you see, as the time closer to the tribulation, as the time gets closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, as we get... Uh, it's going to get worse. And it's not till Jesus comes again that then the millennium is set up and then things will get better. He will, we, he, then he will create the eternal state. And also, in the New Testament, there are many prophecies about this time period. And in the Old Testament, many prophecies that have never been fulfilled. And I can't see how they can be filled until Jesus comes again. Uh, it can only be fulfilled in an earthly millennial kingdom with Jesus Christ ruling over it physically and spiritually, okay? So, there you have it. Uh, what will the millennium be like? Going back to Revelation 20, verses 1 to 6, what will the millennium be like? It will show everyone what coulda, shoulda been. What we should have lived like if Adam and Eve had not sinned and let, let sin and death and Satan enter the world. Jesus will run the planet for a thousand years. We Christians who have already passed away, uh, already with Jesus, we will return with Jesus and help him rule. Oh, and also those who are raptured. At the same, those who are already dead in Christ and those who are raptured when Jesus comes again, we will return with him and help him rule. The, also at this time, the Old Testament saints will resurrect. And also the tribulation saints, those who died during the tribulation, beheaded for the name of Jesus, it says, they will be resurrected for the millennium. Their spirits are already, the Old Testament saints, their spirits are already with Jesus Christ, Abraham's bosom. The, uh, the, the, uh, Tribulation saints, those who are killed during the tribulation, will, or their spirits will already be with Jesus, but they haven't got their body yet. When it talks about the resurrection, they're talking about getting the new body, okay? They're going to get their new body at this time. The, the, <clears throat> the only ones left on earth after Jesus comes again and after he cleans house, the only ones left are going to be those Christians who survived all the persecution that was thrown at them by the Antichrist and also the Jewish remnant that stood firm against the Antichrist. They're, uh, they're the only survivors. Everyone else is going to be wiped off the earth. They're going to be just wiped off. God, Jesus is going to take them up. Uh, one will be taken, one will be left behind. That, that song is talking about judgment, taking away the non-believers, not taking away believers up to heaven, but taking the non-believers off for judgment. Those, those who are Christians and the Jews that were faithful and they see Jesus coming down again and they put their faith in him, they will remain during this millennium. And they will repopulate the planet, okay? And I want to make sure I didn't forget something else. Oh, okay, I see where I'm going to get it. Okay, uh, <clears throat> they will repopulate the earth under amazing conditions. Those surviving Christians and surviving Jews, they're going to repopulate the earth under amazing conditions. There will be no disease. There will be no murder. There, there, it's just going to, there will be an amazing population explosion, un, unheard of, unseen of. People are going to, well, Isaiah 65, I'm just going to read you a couple of verses here. In Isaiah 65, verse 20, listen to what it's going to be like. This is the prophecies about it, where it says, No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. Eat for as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. People are going to live as long as trees. Remember before, before the flood? 
people lived a long time because the flood obviously triggered something that, uh, you know, the, something ozone or something disease or something, something, viruses, it, it triggered something that people from the time of the flood lived less, 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 less till the present uh, years that we have now. But the, during this millennium, people are going to live as long as trees because it's going to be a whole different world, okay? The wolf and the, verse 25, oh, I missed verse 20. Never again will it be, never, never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth and he who fails to re reach a hundred will be considered cursed. People are going to live a long time, a long time. It's going to be like, it's going to be uh, just like before the flood and before the fall. Verse 25, the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. But dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Woo! It, it's going to not just be like before the flood when people lived a long time, but Isaiah talks about also before the fall when, when nothing killed each other. The animals and humans and everybody lived. Nobody ate each other or killed each other. That was later on. That was part of the fall. Uh, it's going to be awesome. A lot of times when my kids are scared of something, a shark or a bee or something, I'll say, won't it be great someday when Jesus comes back again? You're going to be able to pick up, you're going to be able to swim with that shark. You're going to be able to pet that tiger. You know, and they're like, oh, that'll be so exciting. And it will be. Can you imagine? And, and there won't be any evil. Jesus will be running the show. Imagine what it's going to be like. You remember when you, some of you might remember when we were kids, we, we would disappear in the morning, go play with our friends, and mom and dad say, make sure you're back in time for dinner, you know. And nobody worried about kids because you were fine. Now you can't let them out of your sight for one minute. You're terrified, right? Because it's a wicked society now. But imagine this time what it's going to be like. Uh, make sure you come back by next week because <laughs> nobody's going to worry. It's going to be a whole different world, all right? <clears throat> and then we see the reason is because in verses 1 through 3, Satan has been bound. Satan has been bound in, in Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3. Imagine life without Satan, without evil. You'll say, well, the problem evil, where did evil come from? Well, we know Satan and, and sin brought it into this planet. God allowed that to happen because he allows free choice, but well, that's a whole other sermon. But the evil that Satan has spawned by twisting what has been created, by tempting us to go a different direction than what Jesus wants us to go. And, but Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. He defeated him at the cross, which gave us the chance to be set through free by putting our faith in him. We can be break free of Satan's power, break free of his accusations, break free of sin's power at the, that by putting our faith in what Jesus did on the cross, his death and his resurrection, by putting our faith in him. And now, after we do that, we receive the Holy Spirit, and now we have the ability to fight. doesn't mean we always live in victory, but we have the ability to do it. We have the ability to fight and to keep our freedom. That's what it's, Jesus is talking about in Luke 16. In Luke 16, when he says, I'm sorry, Luke 10. Like I said, I can't hardly see. Luke 10, verses 18 and 19. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. When he's thrown out of heaven, right? This is what he said. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will Harm you. We can now overcome all the power of the enemy because of the cross of Jesus Christ. We have that ability. We have that power. The question is, will we use it? But Satan, though, although we, he has been defeated at the cross, he has not been bound yet. He is still free to 
test the human race with his demons, to test the human race, to fulfill God's purpose for him. So his ultimate purpose is to test the humans. All right? And verses 4 to 6, in verses 4 to 6, it talks about this, us uh, as saints, that when Jesus comes again and Satan has been bound, that the saints will reign with Christ. We are going to reign with Christ now. We are going to administrate God's government based on our faithfulness. Whether you're going to be in the Senate, the Congress, uh, you know, local government, you know, or uh, sweeping the streets, it's all based on our faithfulness today. Our faithfulness in this life is going to determine our, what part we have in God's government. But we see a resurrection here. In fact, let me just read it. Uh, verses 4 to 6. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. So we see here that the saints will reign with Christ, will reign with Christ based on our faithfulness. And we see a resurrection here. Notice the resurrection here. But it's not our resurrection. If you're a a Christian today, this is not talking about our resurrection, our getting our new body. When when do we get that? When did we get that? When do we get that? Well, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18 talks about that very thing. In 1 Thessalonians 4, I just got to find it. Oh, I had it. No, nope, almost had it. Ah, here we go. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18, where it says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Very likely talking about the rapture, whenever that is, hopefully it's the beginning of the tribulation, but at the rapture, that's when... Uh, the dead in Christ plus believers get, we get our resurrection bodies, our resurrection bodies. But then Daniel 12 talks about the Old Testament saints getting their resurrection bodies. And in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, and I'm getting close, I'm getting close. Ah, here we are. Daniel 12, verses 1 to 2. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book of life, will be delivered. 
multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, they're already with, the spirits are already with Jesus Christ, but that at this time, this time, that's when the Old Testament saints will be resurrected. They'll get their bodies, their resurrected bodies at this time, okay? Probably just before the second coming, that once again, they're the guests at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we talked about that last time. Now, the tribulation Christians, now at this time, the tribulation Christians, we see this in Revelation 20, verses 4 and 6, the tribulation Christians who were killed during the tribulation, they are resurrected. And this is called the first resurrection. The first resurrection. It's not the first resurrection. We already know we're, we're being resurrected already before this. But it's referring to the first resurrection after the coming of Jesus Christ. After the coming of Jesus Christ. The second resurrection, and, and we'll be seeing that next time, the second resurrection will be of the unbelievers who are still in Hades. Remember, Abraham's bosom was taken up to heaven after Jesus resurrected, after Jesus died on the cross. But but the, the, the rest were left in Hades, the, the bad side. Those who, who are unbelievers in Hades, they, their resurrection will come at the end of the millennium. That's the second resurrection. That's for unbelievers will happen at the end of the millennium, but there won't be a resurrection to life. No, no. They're going to get new bodies, but they're called, but they're going to be brought, then thrown into judgment. It's called the second death. The first was physical, and now they're going to have a spiritual death. They're going to be separated from God from all of eternity, thrown into hell. That's the second death. That's their resurrection. The second resurrection is leading to the second death. Okay? So, anyway, uh, we'll see more about that next time. So, a thousand years of heaven on earth. A thousand years of heaven on earth. You think, okay, now we're just going to we'll go up into heaven, right? It's all going to be over? No. You're not going to believe what we see next. Then God allows a final testing of the human race. Let's look, go back to Revelation 20, verse 7. Revelation 20, verse 7. Unbelievable. <clears throat> when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, together to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sands of the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But he, fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Forever. If you ever watched Sandlot, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> uh, wow. Satan is released one last time. After a thousand years with Jesus running the planet. It's like a horror movie, right? I'm back, right? And, and those who, are, this is crazy, but those who are born in the millennium will still need to receive Jesus Christ. They will still need to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And the majority will, but there will be many fakes and frauds and people that are giving lip service to Jesus because he's the big cheese now, but they're not, their hearts aren't with him. They're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be many fakes. Can you imagine many fakes in the church? Many frauds in the church? 
Many people claim to be evangelicals, but they're being exposed. We're seeing it all over America today, aren't we? People that we thought were strong Christians, leaders, pastors, celebrity Christians, you know, ministries, uh, people that in our sitting next to us at church we thought were for real, and now we're seeing that they're not real. God is exposing them by their worldview, by the things they're supporting, by the things they're saying, by them losing their faith, dropping their faith, claiming that they've evolved past this Jesus thing. Crazy thing. DC Talk, the one singer from DC Talk this week, dumped his faith. Faith, faith. He was never for real. He was a fraud. He was a fake. But we're seeing this so many times and that is exactly what's going to happen at the end of the millennium. There's going to be a huge population under perfect conditions, but everybody must be tempted tested, tested, tempted, tested, just like they were before the millennium. They need to be tested. Everybody has to choose. That is Satan's role. Choose between God and evil. And that's what what God allows again. God is also proving once and for all that the big problem in our society is not the environment. If you just give people enough money, just give them enough uh, uh, education, just, you know, let them all have their own house and car. You know, just, that's that's all you need and people will be perfected. No, no, it's the human heart. It's the human heart. Changing the environment and, and teaching won't change hearts. I'm not saying we shouldn't try to help some people, but that's not the answer. Only God's grace can change hearts. Only God's grace can change somebody. And Satan will gather here a, together a great army of rebels and attack Jerusalem. That's going to be the capital where Jesus is. He's going to allow them to come and attack. Gog and Magog are back again. Uh, just just like Satan's back again, Gog and Magog are back again. We see them in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Read it. It's fascinating. And we saw that very event happen at the beginning of the tribulation. We saw Gog and Magog and that event happen at the beginning of the tribulation. But here they are again symbolically representing all who re- rebel against Jesus Christ. We see this happening again. Uh, Jesus is going to destroy them. He's going to cast Satan into the lake of fire forever. Right? And where the Antichrist and the false prophets still are. And don't forget, the Antichrist was a human being. The false prophet was a human being. They're still there burning and being tormented. There's no such thing as annihilation. I wish there was. I would be, I would be thrilled to find out. I get to heaven, there's annihilation. Everybody who I cared about or knew or everybody who didn't believe in Jesus was just zapped and disappeared and dissolved. I'd be thrilled. But it's not in anywhere in the Bible. What is true is this, they're going to be tormented forever and ever. And, and Satan is now going to be thrown in with all the people that he has led and all the people that tormented the Christians on the earth all throughout history and during the tribulation. And Satan is going to be cast into hell forever and ever and ever. He's done. Next time Satan reminds you of your past, just remember what his future is. Don't listen to him. Just When he accuses, just remember what his future is going to be, okay? And it's amazing that so many didn't put their faith in Jesus Christ. But it's just crazy. They'd spent a thousand years with Jesus and they put their faith in him. They saw what he could do and what life could be like. But we see this all the time. Christian families. I see Christian families. I 
We've experienced it. Where Christian families, they, they teach their kids, they live it out, they love their kids, and, and uh, several of their kids put their faith in Jesus and follow, but one doesn't. One turns on Jesus. And, and it, it, we see it all the time. We see it in the same family, but a different response by, by one of them. Uh, Cain and Abel, same parents, and yet look what Cain did to Abel. Look what Cain was like and what Abel was like. Same environment, same parents. It's different hearts. It's different hearts and different responses to Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we see it in our own lives. Jesus sets us free. He sets us free. We're saved. We're living this beautiful life. Satan comes along and tempts us and, and we fall for Satan's lies all over again. All right, and we don't lose our salvation, but we lose our sanctification, right? We lose our, our fellowship because we've broken it. We, we have to you know, come back on our knees to the cross and, and, and receive mercy and grace again and again and again. But, but, but it's crazy how we fall for the Satan's lies after we've lived a blessed life. It's just crazy that this could happen, right? So, this chapter then ends now with one of the most awesome, sobering scenes in all of of Scripture, the great white throne judgment. Verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. The dead and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. We see the, the second resurrection and the second death. All happening here. Whoa, the great white throne judgment. This is for the unsaved. The unsaved. Those who have never put their faith in Jesus. They die without having faith in Jesus Christ. It says the number was great. It was a great, great and small. The number was great, but they were small individually in God's sight. They're like ants, right? And they get their resurrection bodies, but it's really for a second death. They're getting their resurrection body, but it's a second death. It's eternal separation from God for all of eternity and they've they've been in Hades which was temporary hell until now and now they're thrown into the lake of fire with their new indestructible bodies and this is going to last forever and look what it says there they're judged according to what they had done there's going to be a DVD popped in and their whole life is going to play they're going to see every thing they've ever done every thought it's going to be played there it's going to be horrible think about all those things christians aren't going to have to see that we're going to have to see something else we'll see in just a minute but we're not going to have to see that but but they're going to have to see everything they've done and listen that that's going to judge them you see we are saved by faith not works okay but if we're not saved by faith then we will be judged by our works by our sin you got that? We're saved by faith, not works. But if we're not saved by faith, then our works will judge us. Our sin will judge us. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You got to pick wages or the gift. 
payment or the gift. Work your way or receive the gift. you got to pick that. And it says here in Revelation that if our names are not found written in the book of life, we are thrown into eternal hell. Eternal hell. And there will be no defense and no appeal. I hear people say all the time, ah, you know, they, they, you know they, I think everybody's going to heaven. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> God, it only matters what is. And, and God determines what is. And I, and I hear other people all the time say, I'm sure God will let me in. I'm a good guy. Or, or when I get up in front of God, I'm going to give a piece of my mind. You know, they say, listen, the only sound you're going to hear is your weeping and screaming and horror. You know, the only sound in, in the, at the great white throne is not people going to be arguing about shaking their fists at God, telling them why, why they did X, Y, and Z and, and why they had this worldview and why, why it was okay that they were, oh, you know, pro-choice. You know, they're not going to hear it. There's not going to be anybody saying anything. There's only sound will be weeping. Imagine watching this DVD of, of your life. And, and when you reject Jesus Christ, the real Jesus, not the fake Jesus, you build a bear Jesus, the fake Jesus you've created, but the real Jesus. The real Jesus who demands holiness, who demands justice, who, who says you must put your faith in Jesus Christ on the cross and you must surrender your life. And you must live according to what he says. Every single verse you must live according to it. You must surrender your life. And if you don't do that, you're going to be thrown into hell. Imagine that. That's what your life will be like. Imagine watching this DVD when you rejected the one true Jesus. You may be hearing what I'm preaching right now, and if you're like fighting against it, you if you don't submit and repent and put your faith in the one true Jesus, faith alone in Christ alone, if you don't do that, someday you will watch this sermon again. You're going to be watching it again, only in, fr in front of the angels and Jesus Christ. And, and you'll be watching it. And when you reject this sermon and you reject Jesus Christ and you never repent of that, you will be thrown into hell for all of eternity, forever and ever and ever. Imagine that. I hope everyone who is listening to this day will put your faith in Jesus Christ now. You don't know about tomorrow. You don't know about the next breath. You don't know about the next heartbeat. Put your faith in Jesus Christ now. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Are you ready to do that now? Is your name written in the book of life because you put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can have that now. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved you so much that He gave His only Son to die in your place. Only one and only Son on a cross to take your sin, to take your punishment. His blood can wash us clean Whoever believes in Him, not intellectual, the word in Greek means a heart faith. It means to put your trust and hope in, to surrender your life to. You can do that now. You can have life now. You can have your name written in the book of life this very second. What if you stood before God right now? Any one of us could do that any time. With a blink of an eye, we could be gone. What if you stood before God? Do you know your name is written in the book of life? You can make sure of that right now. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And for those of us who are Christians, we won't face the great white throne. We're not going to have to face everything we've ever done wrong. It's all under the blood of Christ. Therefore, there's no, therefore, there's no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to worry about that. But we will stand before God's throne and be graded. We will be graded by what we have done. Not that salvation is done, but we're going to be graded. We're going to be given our authority. We're, we're, we're saved by faith, but our works are important. Our faithfulness will de- determine our rewards and will determine our future job in the millennium and in heaven someday. Our responsibilities for eternity are determined by how we live today. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 says this, where it says, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping from the flames. Everything we've done in our life is going to go through God's fire. Refining fire. And only what we do for Him, only what, what we, we, we do for Jesus Christ will survive through that fire. Everything else is going to be burned up. We'll still get to heaven because we're saved, but 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 just but by the skin of our teeth here. Uh, that's what it talks about. And it, but are we going to come through with gold? Are we going to come through empty-handed? That that is so important. Our our life that we live for Jesus Christ is so important. Let's pray. How are, are we living for Jesus Christ? Are we living for Him? Have we surrendered all the stuff to Him? Have we surrendered our life goals? Have we said, God, I want your purpose to be fulfilled in my life. I want you to be glorified through my life and every part of my life. How is the Holy Spirit convicting us to live for Jesus today? Preparing for eternity by living for Him today. And for those who have never put their faith in Jesus, you're not sure your name is written in the book of life. You can be sure right now. It can be written in the blood of Jesus right this moment in the book of life. Through the blood of Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. You can put your faith in Him right now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. God, I put my faith in Jesus. I repent of the sin. I repent of the garbage. I repent of the wrong thinking, the worldly thinking, the lies that I bought. I repent of that. I put my faith in Jesus to forgive me, to wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him. Father, I pray that every person who is listening to this, watching this, will put their faith in Jesus. I pray that you wouldn't give them a moment's rest or peace of mind until they take that step. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Let's get out there and live like Jesus is coming back because He is. And if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've taken that step of faith, you now know that your name is written in the book of life. You don't have to fear anything in this life ever again. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear persecution. You don't have to fear COVID. You don't have to fear anything. 
because you now know that your name is written in the book of life. No matter what happens, you will be with Jesus forever someday in heaven. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody so they can be excited for you and help you grow in your faith. But if you have no one to tell, then email me nhcc at comcast.net and I will encourage you and help you get connected to a good Bible study or a good church, okay? All right, God bless. Wait till you see. We've got two more chapters, two more sermons, two more chapters. Revelation 21 and 22. It gets better and better. God bless.